Hi and welcome to The Practice Gap, the podcast for closing the gap between the practice you have and the one that you want. I'm Elizabeth, a chiropractor, a business owner, coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you move from frustration and overwhelm to clarity, focus and joy in practice. Hi, Jörun Imislund. It's wonderful to have you in the studio. Thank you for having me. Taking an airplane all the way from the west coast of Norway to come and visit us. I really appreciate that. You are by far the youngest chiropractor that has been (laughs) in the studio, so I'm super excited that you're here. Could you start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm uh, 28 years old. I'm uh, graduated from AECC in uh, UK three and a half years ago. Born and raised in uh, Hamar, and I got into chiropractic by being a patient. I was lucky enough to have uh, to go see a chiropractor that is uh, really passionate, and he is really enthusiastic about things <laughs> in general, and especially chiropractic. So he taught me everything in regards to the Gunstead technique. He uh, he had a private seminar with me after after work. Everybody showed the, the, the school he went to, the x-ray teacher he had. He, <laughs> How uh, old were you then? <laughs> oh, 13, 14. Okay, so he really wanted you to become a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he was on a mission. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, successful. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that was the reason why I, when I went to the army, I was quite interested in function of the body in terms of the anatomy and how things were connected. Yeah, I think he he planted a seed in me that later on grew to be a <laughs> a plant. What made you make the decision to actually go to chiropractic school? I moved to Oslo and I wanted to do a medical foundation year. I wanted to learn the basics of how the body was functioning and yeah, the function of the organs and the function of the brain and the function of everything, just to get an idea of how everything was working. And after that, that was quite easy for me to think of, okay, this is relatable to, to chiropractic. I think that was, the, that was the thing that did it for me, to actually know the basic principles of the body, and then later on, almost like connecting it with chiropractic. How was it, uh, the decision, how did you end up going to England from like, the, there, was, there are some choices when choosing schools, what made you choose yeah. England? For me, it was, it was England that we, we heard about, we heard, I've heard about people going to Austria at the time, not Austria, Australia, but nobody went there anymore because it was too expensive. Yeah, I think that was the reason it was too expensive. The The school was was having a deal, was cooperating with a school in Wales. So I thought, okay, so it's going to be Wales then. And I think that half year or something before applying and to, to Wales, I heard about this school called ACC. And it was not far from Wales, but it had beaches and <laughs> this amazing school and everybody was happy there. It was paradise. In Wales, people were sad. It was instructive uh, or instructive place around the school and it was... Yeah, raining all the time. Raining all the time. And yeah, that was not the place to go. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, it's going to be ACC then. Good. Did you have any friends or did you know of anyone who had gone to car practice school? Yes, I did. Anders Gardåsen, he was my football coach. I don't know how old I was. 11, 12, 13, 14, I don't mm-hmm. know. He went to ACC. Can't remember if I talked to him if I, or if I just uh, 
thought that okay i like that guy he's a stand-up guy he, and he went to acc okay so that's where i'm going i would love to talk with you a little bit today about um, the um, going from being a student to an intern <laughs> <laughs> or starting to work how was that transition uh, it was massive and it was it, it was massive and it didn't quite necessarily had to be and that is something i'm looking back and thinking oh i should be uh, i should have experienced a lot more uh, during that that last year uh, where we were working as as an intern in the college clinic i should have experienced a lot more because I what, was, what, what do you mean by experience i should have experienced more with how i wanted things to be okay i should have experienced more with having patients set up after each other mm-hmm. um i should have experienced more with setting boundaries in in, in a way of me having control of what was going on and happening in the, the clinic room. What, what you, when you were a student, what, what did you learn about running a, uh, your own and making plans with patients? Make, building a practice. Building always. a practice, yeah. thank you. We heard it was going to be hard. <laughs> we heard that <laughs> patients don't just knock on the door and uh, have heard about you without having to do any work. We knew about that. We, there's going to be a lot of competition. Don't buy a Rolex or a a sports car right away <laughs> save your money because things are not fixed you don't have a you you don't have a fixed set of patients each day or each, each month month so it's going to be ups and down all the time and i think that's the the main thing and yeah that we actually that they told us so i think that the biggest the, the biggest surprise for me i think was depends on if you're an introverted person or extroverted person what kind of clinic you decide to to work at for me personally as a hybrid between an introverted and extroverted i think that the most difficult thing for me was actually sticking my head out yeah that was a learning process. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are not alone in that. We are. I think yeah, most of us are pretty scared of sticking mm. our heads out in the beginning. <laughs> Could you tell the audience a little bit about what you mean by sticking your neck out? Sticking my neck out as a part of my journey was actually going out and introduce myself. Because in the beginning, you don't know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. You don't have a strong opinion about uh, what you do, what, uh, why you're doing it. There's a lot of questions that I had to, to answer for me to, to reach out to the community and letting them know who I was and what I did and how I did it and all of that, all mm. that, what that includes. So it was um, kind of like going out to have some kind of talking to people about chiropractic or yeah when i first started i went to a clinic that didn't necessarily have that was generating a lot of patients and i thought that was, that's fun that's what i've been that's what people have been telling mm-hmm. me and you need to work so i did <laughs> i did a lot of things in the in the early days so the first thing i did was put advertising on my car Okay. This is me. This is my name. This is where I work. <laughs> this is my phone number. That's a new one. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I, a tough um, one. <laughs> I'm a bit creative, and I like to be uh, to think new. So yeah, I put advertising on my car. Sometimes park in my car when I knew where I knew that there was going to be a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite uncomfortable, <laughs> especially if you end up with this situation where you drive like an idiot yeah. and you suddenly realize, okay, shit, I actually have my name and everything on my car and advertising for 
for my company as a yeah. as a chiropractor. So I did that. I, I went to and whole, uh, went to stands and mm-hmm. had stands at local businesses. Went to the cafeteria, talked about chiropractic with a flyer and gave mm-hmm. out leaflets and everything. Had presentations mm-hmm. uh, talking about chiropractic and what we did and everything. I went on to be an instructor showing chiropractic philosophy almost what we what we were thinking an instructor for what instructor for exercises mainly okay Okay, so like at a local gym or something yeah Yeah. a local gym so it was with the stavanger community Mm -hmm. for people that had psychological issues Mm -hmm. so it was a way of getting them back to life Mm -hmm. and i thought okay that sounds cool i can do that with chiropractic philosophy and show them some exercises and doing meditation and just getting them back to life yeah almost in a way so yeah i did that so this was during the first year during the the first uh, months yeah yeah. first month during the first months i uh, changed my gp to the 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 one nearby Mm -hmm. and i am this is me this is who i am if you need my help i'm right here um is it okay if i can uh, put up a, f- uh, a leaflet just yeah. there's a new car practice in town uh, if you yeah if do you have any patients that uh, that need that you think uh, need car practice care then you know where i am and what i do that's uh, common thing mm-hmm. and that was uncomfortable yeah <laughs> i can imagine not, you did yeah. good <laughs> that was but at the same time if it, it felt right it felt uh, like it's what people told me to do it's yeah. it's not going to be easy and it's you have your own kinds of barriers of avoiding things that you actually think is going to be beneficial for you. Yeah, yeah. You think you're not good enough or you think you're, I don't know, stupid. You're, it's... The good old imposter syndrome. Yes. The inner <laughs> gremlins. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was uncomfortable in, in that sense. But after I did it, wow, it felt amazing. Yeah. And when you saw it actually created patience and people uh, started to, to talk about you. And What was, when did you start, when did some of the work start to, you could see it pay off a little bit? So my journey was a, a bit different. So mm-hmm. and uh, I was doing this, all of the, the things that I mentioned now, for the f- first few months at, uh, at the clinic. And I had my eyes off or the glasses of opportunity as on. I was looking for opportunities everywhere. And uh, all of a sudden it appeared. There was uh, a guy that I had been observing during my last year in, uh, in college. He was going away for six months. Oh. And I thought, okay. I can offer him my help. I have the capacity of working two places at uh, two clinics at the same time. So I sent him a text and offered my help. And he said, we've been waiting for you. Oh. And I thought, <laughs> what is this? This is some, I don't know. That, that was pretty cool. And long story short, I was attending a seminar with a Norwegian guy when I was last year in college or second to last, I don't know. And I was talking to this woman that was with this this uh, guy having the uh, the seminar and didn't know that at the time, but she was the clinic leader of uh, Clinic for Alla. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just talking about chiropractic and I shared my dreams and aspirations and ideas and everything. Thinking big and... Just to interfere, but to those uh, in the audience who's not from Norway, Klinik Fralle, it's, it's it's like a big uh, chain in Norway. Like it's, it's probably the, the biggest chain, I yeah. believe. 
yeah so when i called uh, called this guy working there that was going on for a holiday for six months we were waiting for you that was because of the clinic leader that i spoke uh-huh. to three okay. four i don't know some years ago wanted me to come work for for them so i thought um this is not going to according to plan but okay this is uh, this is cool let's uh, let's see what they have to say and i went there had the talk i knew this guy and i really liked him so and he knew about me so i think that the interview and everything was uh, went fairly good and they offered me uh, a job yeah you can work here for uh, uh, six months both places but after those six months you want to work here full time and i thought shit this is definitely not going according to plan. So I went back to the other clinic where I was working and I told the um, the clinic leader or the supervisor this. She said, you have to make up your mind. You either work here full-time or you work there full-time because I'm not interested in having you working two places if you're going to start there full-time. And I t- thought, this is definitely not going according to plan. So I changed job. Long story short, I changed the job. I changed uh, to Clinic for Alla and managed to get a whole lot more patients there with the same things I did on the other clinic mm. because I was planting seeds all over the place. And So you had already started doing all the work and then yeah. you kept on doing the same kind of the same things yeah. at the new place. Yeah. yeah, you can't get satisfied. That's yeah. really uh, that's dangerous stuff. Yeah. So, so what what advice could you give if I'm a young, if I'm a chiropractic student and I'm looking for a place to work? What advice can you give me as a student to how to find the perfect place to be an intern? <laughs> observe, observe, observe a lot of people and observe. Don't necessarily observe the the people you want to work for. Observe the other people as well. Mm-hmm. Observe the good and the bad. Yeah. I observed quite much before going into college and during college as well. What's what's a lot? How I mean, how many um, how many chiropractic uh, offices had you uh, been to before? You I think I observed working? five in Hamad, and I think in Stavanger it was six probably. And did that, you obs- did you uh, observe anyone in uh, England when you were there? No, no, not a single one actually. No. Yeah, never heard about anyone doing it. That was yeah something we just didn't do because there was clinics around the uh, the college but we were so in our own bubble yeah that we didn't think about so when we actually got home we got time and things were selling down we thought okay let's let's reach out and see what actually chiropractors are doing mm-hmm. but when you're or you when you were at college you're at college you were yeah. doing yeah. like you were so focused on yourself so mm-hmm. i think that might be the reason actually what was uh, when as a student what what do you wish you had uh, when, when I, like actually as an intern what do you wish you had learned as a student before you graduated is there something that uh, you missed or like you're like oh i that one that part of it i think it's the uh, of building a practice practice building, and the philosophy yeah. The, so, the, the yeah. why of why you're doing what mm. you're doing and how you're doing it. I uh, I missed chiropractic. Mm. So it was uh, during the last year, I believe, when I uh, was lucky enough to found uh, to find a uh, beautiful girl. A girl, she had a father that was uh, quite determined, determined chiropractor, a really uh, philosophical father in terms of chiropractic. And he said he did real chiropractic, and I thought, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this real car practice? Never heard about real car practice. 
And uh, yeah, he was preaching uh, Gunstead, uh, Gunstead technique, and that was that was real chiropractic. That was the philosophy around doing mm-hmm. real chiropractic, and that's during college you almost forget about. Yeah, as he said, real chiropractic because it's so much. It's so much much focus on doing other stuff first and then doing chiropractic. chiropractic yeah. So chiropractic is always the 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 second treatment protocol to say it in to say it like that. What do you mean by real chiropractic? I mean, it's like a little. The term is, of course, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> politically <laughs> loaded word <laughs> I can see that could you explain what is real chiropractic for you real chiropractic for me is the traditional way of mm-hmm. doing chiropractic making bones move yeah, like moving bones ad- so you're basically talking about the adjustments doing adjustments so, so being a chiropractor uh, adjusting people yeah doing it the traditional way that includes doing traditional techniques as well like Gunstead as a traditional way or AK or SOT chiropractic techniques that's been there for since the beginning. So that's why he meant with real chiropractic. That's also what I think of as as real chiropractic, the traditional way. Obviously it's it's modernized. It now it's included the chiropractic treatment package includes all different stuff in terms of shockwave and needling and massage and trigger points and whatnot. So but that's what I mean with real chiropractic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more like um, the basic that the, the adjustment is the a big part of yeah. the, the biggest part maybe mm. <laughs> of the thing after the diagnosis. And Our most important tool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's quite interesting. I just talked to one of my colleagues and uh, she's been working for a few years and she said that well, if she had done it, all again, she wish she was a better adjuster because uh, when she went to school, the adjustment was kind of just one of ten modalities you could treat the patients with. So it just was, it was the important of it wasn't that big. And now, as she's been working for uh, five six years, and realized like, oh, I mean, for now it's just that's the big thing. That's what she uses all the time. The thing is, it's really hard to start t- or learning how to adjust when you're out in practice. Because you want to obviously do the best that you can do and give the best possible treatment. And we all know the feeling of not making it, not making uh, making the adjustment or doesn't peep or patients know when you don't have control or know when you're not comfortable with something. Mm. And the feeling of having a acute low back patient coming in and not able to to make it any better during the treatment and or trying to do an ad- adjustment and the patient says this feels weird have you how long have you been in practice <laughs> that's wow it's a bad feeling so i agree strongly mm. with that that it's it's i would also have more technique classes when we were at college and more chiropractic in the sense of traditional way of adjusting because it's so much easier to learn how to do the other stuff the massage the trigger point the shockwave the needling everything it's so much easier to to learn how to do after all, but and if you on the earlier podcast we had, it was uh, one of the athletes who talked uh, about it takes about ten years to mm. become really good at adjusting, mm. and if you never really start, it's like it's like you you might never get there. Yeah, exactly. Looking back, I was thinking I think I had between five and ten ten treatments uh, a week for at least the first couple of months. So it, it depends if you're if you're going to a clinic where patients are almost standing outside the, side the door and the phone is constantly ringing, you're going to see a lot of patients. So during a busy year, you're going to learn a lot. I heard from another guy 
10,000 new patients. Mm. So 10,000 different patients. After you've done that, you have mastered chiropractic. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's a good one because it's like it's the 10,000 hours of yeah. practicing, but also for to develop. You can't do the same thing all over. It's like every day. It's like you have to get new experience. So it's yeah. like, uh, is it 10 years of the same year over and over? Or mm. is it 10 years of experience because you're actually learning and developing as a mm. person? And no one is, is alike. No one mm. is the same. So I think that is why some people are going on chiropractic, uh, chiropractic trips or travels to uh, different countries yeah. because they want to see different stuff and they want to touch different people uh, with different uh, environment around them that can affect the body in a, in a way. So it's not, I would say it's not the, the, the hours or the days, but it's more the, the different kind of kind people, people you feel. Yeah. Because you can, do a, you can do a great job in Norway, or if you move to India, it's not going to be the same. What was the one thing coming back to start working where you felt super comfortable? What kind of things were like your big strength? Reading people. Reading people. That was my thing. Uh, people came in and I was a detective in every possible way. I, uh, I wanted to connect the dots with how everything was. And that's something I do with all my patients. I, I think loud. I say what I find. I say it out loud that okay, you have, an, you have this thing, you have an EX ilium. I'm, I'm wondering if you, you have some pain in your inside of your knee, for instance, or the back of the Achilles. And they say, wow, okay, this is cool. Do you think this all the time? And I say, yeah, uh, and I want you to be a part of that journey. I want you to, to think like I do in a way. And that goes on with mentality as well. How, do, how people are thinking. Because if I have a sense of something being wrong in terms of their mentality, I sometimes say in a gentle way that I have um, a hunch. My second brain is telling me something. My stomach is telling me something. You don't have to answer, but I'm sensing that you're struggling with something. And I just want to, to say it out loud because that's what I'm thinking. But you don't need to answer if you feel that you want to be my guest, but I just want to let you know that if you want to talk about something, I'm here to get it off your chest. And sometimes I think that that's been uh, doing miracles for me sometimes because I've been connecting quite good with the patients and I'm not a psychiatrist. Um, that's not what my main goal is. That's not my main tool, but it's a part of the package. And I love roles. I mm. love, for me as a chiropractor, I'm doing chiropractic I can I can tell them that I sense stuff. If you uh, and I and I have people I cooperate with. So if you need a psychiatrist, I want you to go see that guy. If you need a dentist, I have this amazing guy. Go see mm. that guy. If you need a massage, I have I have a guy for you as well. But I think that's a part of uh, the treatment of being completely honest with what you find. Mm. And I might be wrong. And they tell me, you're wrong. And I say, okay, that's good. But now it's out there. I just want to ask. And then I can, can move on and see if I can make it make sense in, in another way. Mm. But I think the, the fact of being honest, if the patient is uh, really obese and have ankle problems, 
I think it's important to have the courage to talk about the fact that they are obese and that can affect the pain that yeah. they have in their ankle, but you have to walk carefully. It's uh, it's hard, but that has always been my one of the qualities I feel quite comfortable with to talk about to people. To talk about in, uh, hard stuff with yes. the patient, to talk, have honest uh, conversations yeah. about uh, problems, which is that's a very nice gift to have because that's mm. uh, a lot of people struggle with that, I know. What are some advice you can give the young students and also interns? How do you find your strength, or like how how do you is are there good ways to find out what you, like some people just know it intuitively, but how can you get help to find out who what's your magic powers? I would say do the same I the same thing I did because that that was I found that to be really helpful. I started with a personality test. A colleague of of me where I was working before the clinic that I work now, she showed me everything I knew now about mm. personality stuff. What kind of p- test did she uh, take you? Uh, 16personalities.com. That's okay. an amazing so we'll free website. That, okay, so we, I'm going to put that in the show notes. So 16personalities.com. Yep. Uh, I will yes. link it. So get, put a link to that. A lot of people I've heard about Surrounded by Idiots. Yes, I think the, the, the book is called. Yeah. I think they separate personalities into four different types. Yeah. So this website differentiates between 16 personality types. It's 50 questions, I believe. It's quite simple questions, but at the same time, it's, at the same time, it's, it's really hard because mm-hmm. you really have to think about who am I? What, what is my strength? How would I react in different kinds of situations? It, it's hard questions. Some questions are like, okay, I'm definitely that. Yeah. No, no question about it. I'm, I'm like that. And other questions you really have to look within and like, okay, how would I react in these kinds of situations? If you start with that, if you look inside yourself, it's going to be a whole lot easier to look into other people. Yeah. So it start with yourself first again, <laughs> or know thyself. It's a cliche kind of thing, look yeah, within first. Because then you know if you're introverted or extroverted, mm. uh, you know how you like things, you can you uh, feed your strengths and you can improve your weaknesses. But mm. if you don't know what your strengths are and you don't know what you're struggling with, you, you're, you're lost. And that is going to catch up, I believe, later on in life yeah. if you don't deal with that to wrap up this little session i'm gonna we'll have you back for the next episode to wrap up a little bit it's the transition from being (laughs) a student to going to be an intern it can be ride that suddenly take you into a new path and uh, the good thing is to be open for those possibilities who are out there and realize that sometimes you have to take some left turns <laughs> that you didn't re- uh, think of to end up uh, where you're supposed to be. Definitely. And also a practice technique when you're in school. <laughs> mm. And also start working to find out who you are, what your strengths are, what kind of personality you have to easier be able to work on yourself so you can better connect with others. Does that kind of wrap it it's up? perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, thank you, Jeroen. This was really interesting. I can't wait for the next interview where we're going to talk about more about building uh, tra- this transition from being an intern to actually building the practice you're supposed to be in for the next few years. Thank you for having me. Yeah.